Okay, good to go. We're golden? We are so golden. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome! No, <laughs> <laughs> Every week. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review Black Mass, starring Johnny Depp. I am Tim Boy Brandon, your weekly host, and joined Brandon by my Rivar. fellow Brandon Rivar. Oh, thank you. I am Brandon Rivar, <laughs> uh, as always, joined by my co-host Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. I need to know everything you know about the Winter Hill Gang, and specifically what you know about your former boss. And now fugitive, James Whitey Bulger. What's that? In the beginning, Jim was a small town player. He's a very smart, disciplined man. Take your shot, but make it your best. Because I get up, I eat you. I'm at the table, you can come and you. And the next thing you know, he's a damn kingpin. You know why? Because the FBI let it happen. I grew up with Jimmy and his brother Billy, the senator, and that is a bond that doesn't get broken. Your brother is wading into some very dark waters. Jimmy's business is Jimmy's business. We all need friends. Even Jimmy. Even you. I can help you, Jimmy. And you can help me. It's an alliance. The FBI to fight our wars, and we do whatever we want to do. The success just getting started. Boom! to the sky for my people. I walk through the just playing this. Make a fool of your own. We're in too deep. God help us. How come no one has nailed Whitey Bulger? He seems to be involved in every crime in the city, and yet the Bureau keeps saying he's clean. Well, what's Bulger done? What's he done? Everything. <laughs> Black Mass, the true story of Whitey Bulger, the brother of a state senator and the most infamous violent criminal in the history of South Boston, who became an FBI informant to take down a mafia family invading his turf. Starring, of course, Johnny Depp, Benedict Cumberbatch, Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades of Grey fame, Joel Edgerton of Warrior fame, Kevin Bacon of Every Movie Ever Made fame, <laughs> <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard, one of my personal uh, favorite character actors, Jesse Plemons of Breaking Bad, uh, Rory Cochran. And Friday Night Lights. And Friday Night Lights, excuse me. Rory Cochran, who I know is Slater from Days to Confuse, but that was about <laughs> 230 pounds ago. No kidding. <laughs> 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 and weirdly, Adam Scott in a serious role. Uh, With like two lines. I know, that's what was so weird to me. Like, you got Adam Scott. I thought it was cool. And he's, yeah, it was but cool, why, but it but was why so. why pay him the money that he requires to have those two lines? Yeah, it was Continue. odd. Uh, also, Juno Temple uh, plays a vital role in the movie for it being a five minute scene. 
that is the cast of Black Mass, uh, directed by Scott Cooper. Of who, what fame? Of Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace fame. Oh. Yeah. Crazy Heart was really good. Out of the Furnace was a little disappointing. It was. and but, Which, actually, I don't know about you guys. I'll let you guys give your thoughts, but it kind of makes sense. I thought Crazy Heart was really good, and Out of the Furnace was disappointing. So if you split the difference, I think you get Black Mass. That's me, personally. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm kind not sure of, what that means. I, I Jake, <laughs> I think he was performing some sort of act on his new microphone. I guess he's really excited to have it. Uh, Jacob, we'll let you go first. What were your overall impressions of Black Mass? Well, I was actually going to ask y'all about the uh, Crazy Heart stuff, too, because I thought Crazy Heart was an excellent movie. Oh, awesome I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and I did not even have the desire to watch uh, Out of the Furnace. I think I no, I watched the first five minutes of it where Woody Harrelson beats the crap out of the guy in the parking lot. That's probably the best part. And uh, I just like, no, nah, not in the mood, and I never turned it back on. I haven't heard terrible things about it. I just was Brandon, never in the mood. Really, you disliked it quite a bit. I was irritated probably because I was pretty excited about it. I thought it was cause, because of the cast and because of the premise. I can see that. Uh, I thought it was going to be a really, really cool movie. I didn't think it was terrible by any means. It just wasn't nearly as good as I hoped for. Well, Scott Cooper appears to, I mean, he's done, I think, pretty decent so far. Three movies out of the gate. That's it. I mean, yeah. he must have been a writer before this. I'm not really familiar with his uh, resume, to be honest with you. But um, going back to Black Mass, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, at times, it was a little slow paced, but I think it was really well filmed. I think it was great. Uh, really really well acted I love the casting in it I think I, I like when movies don't have to hire like just big names yeah we did have a couple big ones like you know Benedict Cumberpatch in here and Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp and, few people have heard of him right you find and I mean even Joel Edgerton and Kevin Bacon and even no but, but <laughs> so, <laughs> besides the entire cast <laughs> but like when you have characters who play in large roles uh, like Jesse Plemons more so Rory Crocker and, mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really Really great acting. One of my more favorite uh, that they casted was uh, W. Earl Brown, who I've seen. Uh, he always plays kind of those chameleon roles. I know him really well from Deadwood. Right. He's also in uh, something about Mary. Um, mm. As um, oh Frank and Beans, Frank and Beans, <laughs> Frank and Beans. Right. Yes, Warren. He's Warren. Yeah, Warren. Warren okay. That's his name. <laughs> so it's just, it, you know, I, I just am always excited to see him in movies because I think he's a really good actor who's really under the radar and a lot of people probably don't know about or recognize or realize that it's him. For that matter, I thought the casting was great. Um, going back to the technical side of it, and I'll say even more the cinematography of it. I thought it was beautifully shot. It, was, yes. it really captured uh, Boston really well, mm -hmm. I believe. But I took a lot of photography classes when I was in college and. Over time, I grew uh, an appreciation for close-ups of, of human faces. Um, that's just something, my, a personal like of mine. I like to see, like, you know, wrinkles and expressions and, like, blemishes and all. And I'm not talking about Johnny Depp's makeup because you can see that in this movie, but everyone <laughs> else. I really enjoy that kind of photography. So when they can pull it off in cinematography and they did that throughout this movie, I thought it was excellent, especially... Uh, in the beginning when they're uh, interviewing um, the criminals or Jesse the, Clemens and exactly yeah. um, 
I thought those were really beautiful shots. And they, they kind of got away from it later on in the movie, but they still stuck true to it throughout the movie. I, I really enjoy that style sometimes. Plus with the like the real high depth of field, or low depth of field, sorry, where you know, kind of the soft backgrounds. That was in this movie as well. It just was beautifully shot. Uh, really well done. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, I think there will be some rewards that come out of it. I'm not real sure what yet. I would maybe guess a, a nomination for Johnny Depp. Yeah. I'm guessing it's possible cinematography, but we still have a lot of movies to go before you start, right. start making that those remarks. But I think this had a couple really good things about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Johnny Depp uh, will probably be nominated. Would, he was great in it. Yeah, he, he was, was. I mean, vintage Johnny Depp. I'm not saying he's back, but it's nice to see you again, buddy. Yeah, it's it's nice to see him not in all white makeup with some big, huge, but blue eyes. That yeah, was, was that really throwing you messed off. me it's, up. It's, yeah. It made him more creepy, though. It like, did. I, he did look creepy, but that's what white you look like. I've right. always thought blue-eyed contacts with people on brown eyes always look strange. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that before? Yeah. Well, they look legit. He looked like he had blue eyes, but it was just weirding me out because Johnny Depp has brown eyes. That's one of my <laughs> favorite features of Johnny Depp. Is his brown eyes. So that really weirded me out the whole time. What were your overall thoughts on the movie? Um, One of your favorite features of Johnny Depp. Okay. <laughs> that should be the top five list. <laughs> anyway. I'd have a hard time narrowing that down. Johnny's Johnson. That that booty though. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's a, I mean, I'm just rolling right past that. Um, there is a scene in this movie, though, where he's sitting on a bar stool. That booty though, it's I, good. I know, I, I know I you didn't like it, it but he has no ass. What are you talking about? <laughs> it looked, I don't, it I don't know. Real good in those pants. <laughs> Probably anyway. because he was turned around, I couldn't see that he looked all weird and whitey bulgerish. <laughs> <laughs> My overall thought, I not whitey bulgerish. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, nice one. All right. <laughs> um, I liked the movie. I was a little bit disappointed in it, but. It was still a really good movie. Uh, I ended up, I think I'm giving it a seven. I was, But as somebody who's been a Johnny Depp fan, I, I love Johnny Depp. Like, he used to be my favorite actor. And then um, he didn't make a good movie for about 12, 13 years. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean kind of... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was good. He, but he then was he fun just, in it, but the movies aren't good. Right. right. The first one I legitimately the liked. The first one's decent. But, but after that... It was just kind of a downhill slope for him. I thought and the sequels were terrible. I didn't even watch them. I didn't uh, want the to. Sequels I were fell horrible. asleep. But Johnny Depp was always, you know, he was. He was he always was Jack Sparrow. Yeah, um, the movies were terrible. So he kind of nosedived after that, and well, all he's done are pirates movies and Tim Burton movies. Yes, that is. Correct. And then Tim Burton is and then he's always in white makeup like, with big black hair. And then Mordecai. Uh, yeah. He did that. Transcendence. Transcendence. That's the one I was trying to think uh, of. The Lone Ranger was terrible. The last decent movie he made was Finding Neverland. And that's been a long time. That was a long time ago. Uh, so, anyways, to that. But before that, he that, was great. I mean, he was. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, he went amazing. from being an underrated actor to overnight. He, then he became a superstar. He became a superstar for roles that he shouldn't have. He should have been a superstar for Edward Scissorhands and for. Donnie Brasco and all of those roles but anyway that's beside the point I was really glad uh, I was really happy about Johnny's performance I know that he has it in him I really want him to win an Oscar but I want him to win it for something that he deserves to win it for I don't necessarily think that he deserves to win it for this um, but I think that he definitely deserves to be in the uh, nominated and definitely in the discussion 
I, so, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, overall, I thought the movie itself, I just didn't, they didn't make Whitey so bad that I hated him and they didn't make him good enough that I wanted to root for him. So I was pretty neutral on on the guy that I should have had really strong feelings about. Um, and to me, that's that's the script's problem. You mean I strong feelings against? Against or for. Oh, you know, okay. sometimes you root for the bad guy. Right. They didn't make me root for him. They didn't really make me root against him. Even when I, he killed the innocent hooker? Well, he had moments like when he killed the hooker and he had moments of kindness when he helped the old lady with her groceries, but they didn't swing far enough one way or the other. So I was kind of neutral on him. Would you have preferred him to torture the hooker first and then I'm just Shut me- your I'm face. just messing with you. <laughs> um so I mean that it was like they were doing that to remind you that he's evil, but then like ah oh, he's he's a pretty neutral guy. He's given some bad but funny advice to his son. And then like yeah, they, that scene was great where he <laughs> told him that funny. was one of my but, favorite scenes actually. Yeah. And it was actually pretty good advice. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was a good was, scene. It was hilarious. You know, uh, I, speaking of that, I finally figured out who Dakota Johnson is, and I don't mean Shades from Fifty of Shades of Grey. Oh. She's the blonde in um, Social Network that sleeps with Justin Timberlake oh. at Stanford. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, I never. I've been trying to figure that out, and I finally figured it out. We've used her sound clip on this show. Yep. We didn't watch Fifty Shades of Grey, Brandon. I did. I no. will not we watch didn't it. Oh, watch oh, Fifty Shades oh, yeah. of Grey, Brandon. I don't feel bad about that. I watch everything. Yeah, uh, you watch. You didn't? Didn't you watch it more than once? Were you like, oh, this is so good, I'm gonna see it are again? Are you serious? No, no, I only saw it once. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to just like make stuff up? I was yeah. like gonna get angry. I was like, why? <laughs> no, I'll see anything once. <laughs> yeah, I'll see anything thirteen, fourteen times. <laughs> uh, so anyway, my overall thoughts was, yay, Johnny Depp, but. Uh, good movie, not great movie. I'm probably somewhere in the middle of you two. I uh, like I said in the beginning, um, if you took as much as I liked Crazy Heart and was a bit disappointed by Out of the Furnace, I, I I'm a huge, huge mafia movie guy. I mean, a lot of my favorite movies from the Godfather trilogy to Goodfellas. Is this uh, really a mafia movie? Not yes, r- I would organized say it crime. Is, it's organized crime movie, but it's so. not. That's that's not the same thing as mafia, though. Well, to me, gangster mobs. I mean, it, I mean, I, I would put it in that category. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's probably it may steer closer to a Scarface than it, it does that, a traditional Italian mafia I only say that because to me, mafia there's a set of rules. The only set of rules that I'm aware of within this group is don't rat, and everybody did. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> But I wouldn't put this on the same line as Heat. But that's also organized crime. This is way more. I mean, yeah, it's, not it's not not robbing more. banks. It's more you know selling well, drugs yeah, and, and, and racketeering and, and extortion and, and all yeah. that stuff. Organized def- crime, yes, but I just don't consider it a mafia movie. But continue. Sorry, I've just heard it referred to it that way, and every time I think, is that really a mafia movie? I mean, it, it really, it just may come down to it's not the traditional, it's not Italian mafia, so it seems that's different. That's true. Uh, I mean, I would consider Boondock Saints a mafia movie. Yeah. And I'm so. like, yeah. Uh, but because I'm such a big fan of those that genre, and there's been so many standout movies, and I think my expectations were too high going in because you know I'd heard all the 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 hype and the buzz about how good Johnny was, and this was a real life character, and he seems so you know psychotic and all those things. My expectations were probably a little bit too high, uh, but I do agree with you too. Johnny Depp was 
I mean, it's the best performance he's given in a long time. I do think he deserves to be nominated. I agree. I don't think he should win, only because when you look at Oscar winners, I want to put this performance up with those. Because I, did, I don't I think. I didn't watch it and think this is an Oscar performance, but I thought this is a really good performance. Yeah, he was. He was definitely not Johnny Depp. And I mean that in that a lot right. of times when you've been watching the last 15 years, like this is Johnny Depp <laughs> playing whatever. I didn't feel like this was Johnny Depp playing Whitey. I felt like I was watching Whitey. Right. And I was, you know, he was menacing. He was creepy when he had to be kind. He was convincing. I mean, he, he it was a it was a complex character. He played really well. The thing that probably hurts him, and this was a script issue, he never really got a chance to really stretch the character outside of this kind of static menace uh, you know, kind of boss fig- figure. Um, you know, he never really got really vulnerable. He never really got really. He well, never lost his crap. He never like unload. Like there wasn't an Oscar moment scene. Like like oh, this is the one. This is. And that's kind of what I meant. They never really swung him one way or another. I never saw a heartwarming moment, and I like cold blooded, but not like. What about when he's playing I mean? cards like, with his mom? But what about when he? But to 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 reverse that, what about when he goes up to uh, Julian Nicholson, uh, the wife of uh, Joel Edgerton, and puts his that hand was, over that's her face? Creepy. Actually, that was, I actually that have creepy. that was a good scene. That that was the that was one of the notes I made. I only made a few notes, and by far my favorite scene was and and leading up to that uh, was the whole you know what what's the secret the, recipe? Yeah, the garlic right. thing uh, with with the with the FBI guy. And, you know, he tells them eventually what the secret recipe was, his family's recipe, and, and Whitey just, you know, switches on him like, oh, so you're going to give it up just like that. How easily would you give me up? And, I mean, that scene was intense. It's pretty intense. And then yeah. right after that, you go up to, you know, like Jacob said, Joel Edgerton's wife. And, I mean, and she played it really well, too. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, she didn't really say anything, but it was all in her face. Yes. She had to keep it together, but she that, was so afraid. She was awesome in that scene. Uh, I looked she her was. up. She's The only thing I recognize her in is, is, is August Osage County. Oh, that's um, right. That's the only thing I, know, I recognize her from, but she was awesome She's in that scene. She's a good scene. actress. Uh, so. She was really, really good in that. Um, but anyways, that was easily my favorite scene in the movie. Um, overall, I, I I did like the movie. I was I was slightly disappointed that it wasn't, and this isn't the movie's fault. It's a it's a kind of a stupid thing to say, but I was you know wanting it to be like this ten out of ten mafia movie, like a a Godfather, Goodfellas, Donnie Brasco type of movie, and it wasn't that good, but it was still a really good movie. I mean, was this the first? Mafia movie I can think This is the first I can think of Since The Departed And certainly the first Good one I can think of If there is another one Yeah if there have been And it's probably We don't remember them Because they haven't been Very good Right I, guess. I mean things like Kill the Irishman Was, was a good movie Yeah uh, th- That was a Mafia movie There's uh, There's been a couple Kind of more Under the radar Indie type movies But nothing big uh, It's definitely worth Going to see I mean and, but, yeah, if you, I mean, but if you don't, you see on, on – we're seeing whether you're in the, in the theater or at home on DVD. Either way, it's a good watch. Yeah, it's I an would, entertaining movie. I would definitely yes. recommend it. Yeah. I mean, is it a 10? No. I think we're on the same boat there. Yeah. Right. I, my gripes, my biggest gripes, I'll say really quick, I didn't feel like there was a real climax. I felt like this entire time it was leading up, leading up, and like going somewhere. And then – not to give the whole thing away. I mean, we do spoilers here. But uh, a new uh, head of the FBI, I'm not sure what his position was, 
uh, comes in and, and asks of more from Joel Edgerton's character. And, and it kind of comes out that he's been covering for Whitey. Um, and then it's just kind of like he tells Whitey and Whitey's like, okay, well, peace out, bro. And that was kind of it. In, like, in a way, that story kind of turns over to more like Joel Edgerton at the it moment. Does. And, it does. Which we actually need to talk about him for a second because I don't want to get carried away with Oscar talk. If Johnny Depp is nominated, I'm cool with that. And if he does it, I'm cool with that. Now, I think Joel Edgerton was excellent. I think he was, he was the best actor in this movie. Uh, I think he was. Johnny. I think he was as good as Johnny Depp was. I'll, I'll say that um, because you remember he's Australian. He's pulling off this Boston accent pretty well, yeah. and some of those little puckered faces of confusion he does throughout the movie yeah. was really good. Yeah, um, I thought Joel Edgerton was fantastic, and so when his world starts to flip on him, um, I mean, you he really does a good job of portraying that uh, panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought I think it really kind of came out um, whether he was having a hot temper. I'm um, getting defensive, things like that. Is that a new suit? It's flashy, you know? Those lapels, that tapering. See, so you got a nice new gold watch there, too. What are you getting at, Marianne? Not getting at anything. Marianne? Hmm? You're dressing differently. You're walking differently. You're getting manicured. Uh... I'm walking differently. Yeah, I think you are. Your head and your shoulders, the way you carry yourself, you're changing, John. I might be getting older, but but I'm not changing. It's Jimmy Bolter that's changing you. Ah, Ever since you locked arms with that guy, you've changed. I can see it like the nose on my face. He's bad news, John. It's not bad news. He is an informant. It's my job. You know this. I've told you this. I've known him since forever. And you certainly hold your boyhood heroes in high regard. Jimmy this, Jimmy that. He was very good to me when I was little, Marion. That's all you need to know. How was he good to you, John? Did he take you trick-or-treating? I know. It's kid stuff. To you, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for a drive. Like it or not, Marion, you married a street kid, and, and the streets taught me that you give and you get loyalty from your friends. And loyalty means a lot to me. And something I liked about his character a lot, and he played it well, you as an audience never really know what his true motivation is. Is he is he covering for Whitey because, you know, you, you find out from the very beginning that he looked up to Whitey as a kid and Whitey kind of protected him as a kid and he was in awe of him. So is he doing it, for, you know, because of loyalty and kind of looking up to Whitey and wanting to be good with Whitey? Or is he doing it for his own career advancement? Or is he doing it because, like he said in the movie, his excuse was, hey, there's bigger fish to fry. Whitey's a means to an end. At least we're getting the bigger fish. Or is it a combination of all of the above? And I think Edgerton played it well enough to where we don't know as an audience what his motivations are. And I think that's what was probably the purpose. Well, I, I think initially, I definitely took it as being naive. And then I wasn't sure how to take it after the the Tulsa murder. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what direction to take yes. his character. Like, especially after that even was when he was in Miami dancing and, yes. you know, didn't show he cheated on his wife, but he's certainly dancing with other women having right. a good time. So I'm, I'm right with you on that. In the end, I think he just was trying to cover, save himself after, I think he was naive in the beginning. And then, I would agree with that. Yeah. Then the loyalty thing came into play for sure. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, was he ultimately a, a bad guy in the end? I still, the verdict's still out on that one. I don't know. Well, and what's so funny about that, the real life version of him uh, is in Connolly's, yeah. what, 20 years, it said? 40. 40. 40. Gosh. Did yeah. you all watch the documentary? I, I haven't. She has. You did. Okay. Yes, I actually has. watched it randomly a year ago. And then after the movie last night, I went home and I turned it back on and watched it. Like, I, before I fell asleep, I watched it about 30 minutes again. Right. Um, kind of funny now to see the casting choices for certain people. But right. When you kind of do know that story. And really, the documentary, what it's called, is. Um, it's a CNN documentary, right? <coughs> that's right. It's called Whitey United States versus United States of America versus Whitey. James J. Bol- Bolger. Yeah. Bolger? 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 Bolger. Anyway. Bolger. Bolger. Um, Bolger. So, what were you going to say about him, though? Because how is he portrayed? How is he in real life? Uh, Whitey? No. Oh, oh, no, uh, Connolly. Oh, no. I was just going to say you said the verdict was out on, on you know, whether – what his motivation oh. – and I just thought it was interesting, you know, because you find out at the end of the movie he's in jail for 40 years. So, obviously, the the judge and jury thought he was guilty, absolutely, and he wasn't a good guy. Uh, well, whether he was a good guy or not. He was definitely guilty of True, letting yeah. things happen. True, yes. Now, whether he really was okay with those things happening or he was just willing to look the other way is a different, like, right. did that affect him? Did it tear him up that it was happening? Maybe, right. but he still looked the other way. So I, I guess my point being, like, it was kind of interesting because all these other people, it's so funny how the system works, and I'm not saying it's good nor bad. Uh, but these ones who did definitely murder people, right. it's like they're in jail for like eight I was years, thinking the six exact years. same thing. And then Kevin him, Weeks, played by Jesse Plemons, uh-huh. you know, doesn't even get time, but he was yeah. a witness of all these murders. And then, of course, and then W. The, Earl Brown, who man. plays John, um, what is it, Mortarano or whatever, killed 20 people. And he, did he serve eight years? I think eight, it was eight, eight years. years. And he straight up admitted, wow. I killed. All yeah. these people. Wow. Now, obviously, dude, because he's ratting, you know, they're they're making right. a deal because they want to bust just... Whitey Bulge. That's that's that's. But I, I mean, like, up. I agree, it's horrible. But I I think maybe the thinking behind that is like he was killing as part of this this organization. He's not just like some random dude with a shotgun that walked into a theater and killed people. Not you know a what psychopath. I mean? Like, He's definitely but, a psychopath. But do you know what I mean? Like, these are very targeted people. I mean, I agree, but it is kind of weird. Like, I mean, he that he's getting eight years, eight and there's years. probably no, some dude in, in North Dakota who's serving eight years for, for marijuana. Yeah. Oh, it's like, definitely not yeah, right. And like, and it's legal in a lot it's of places. It's definitely not right. But, it, yeah. you know, I, I don't fear him coming to shoot me because I'm not involved <laughs> in organized crime. You know what I mean? It's gotcha. kind of like in The Wire where they're like, oh, if they're not in the game, I'm not going to shoot them. Yeah. But if they are, then, you know, yeah. it's open season. Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing I want to say that that I made a note on, uh, and you know, this kind of goes in with what you were talking about with the documentary, uh, the real life version. I didn't feel like the movie did a good enough job of showing how big he became. I agree. Uh, because you no, know, I agree it too. starts off. You know, he's small they time. Keep and saying he was, but yeah, it's the, like exactly. the biggest thing he ever did was the Irish gun exactly. trade, and that's it. And and then they kind of got and it was like over. only. Three minutes, five minutes. Exactly, it was kind of brushed over, and like so, we never. They kept talking about how, but we never saw a change in his lifestyle. We never saw a change, you know, his car, his clothes, the people around him. Like you know, he wasn't surrounded more by more people. He wasn't, you know, all of a sudden he didn't have a hundred more guys, like you know, at his every whim. So I thought it did a really poor job of showing because he became a really big deal, a big mob boss, 
And I just kind of felt like the whole time we were still seeing the same small time Whitey. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think it failed from that perspective. They but, could have really taken and taken it and ran with it, is what you're saying. Right. And, well, and, I and they should have. I, I, because I, I got the impression that after his son died, things really kicked up for him. Well, that's what they said in the movie. But but, but there was really no change in him. Or same what thing was going, after his mother's right, death. Right. Yeah. It's, and that's exactly. Another just another point to it. So if you don't know the Whitey story and you're just watching the the movie, you haven't seen the documentary or read up on him, uh, you know he doesn't seem like that big a deal. He just kind of seemed like a a small time crook who just kind of fell in and did some things. Uh, And we haven't mentioned at all his brother. I thought that was one of the most fascinating aspects of the entire movie. I just want to just mention it uh, because of the real story, the fact that this mob boss. His brothers with this but, state senator, played by Benedict Cumberpatch, Cumber, Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. <laughs> Cumberbatch. One that of the sounds adorable. Movies, yeah. <laughs> um, Who I thought was a random cast. It was a random cast, but what I, what I thought was weird is, was he involved with his brother stuff? Like they didn't, they didn't really elaborate on that. They gave me no reason to think that his brother was actually involved in anything sinister. That he was just being his brother. So yeah, it was weird at the end where where all of a sudden they were like, hey, they're going to come after you because they know you're involved with your brother. Is yeah, it? it was, well, they it alluded it to that at the very beginning of the movie when Connolly sat down with him uh, at the dinner table and they say, hey, everyone gets in a position because of somebody. Right. You know, that's the only time they ever made a reference towards see, that. So that could be just something where the movie didn't have time to include all it of that. It could have been. But see, that went him. right over my head. Like, I didn't really think. Yeah. Of it in that now that you're saying it, that makes sense. But I didn't think of it in that context, that one line in that context at the time. I just think that they don't know. I, I was, I don't I was think... expecting something to be said, but I figured because they don't know anything, or because they had to keep it to two hours or two and a half hours, it's like you know, let's just stick to the Whitey Bulger story, right? And and not his brother, whether he did or did not do something. Yeah, and and they probably just don't know. Really, probably only Whitey right. and and he know. It is suspicious. Oh, it's definitely oh, suspicious. Yeah. But I think it's fascinating. Just. I mean, if all you ever told me was there's this mob boss and his younger brother is a state senator, to me that's really interesting. Or uh, there's this mob boss and the FBI covered up a whole bunch of his kills. That's interesting as well. Right. It so is. either way, it works. Yeah. It works both ways. Real quick, I want to talk about Peter Skarsgård, who Sarsgard, who uh, I'm doing all, I'm doing great on names tonight, <laughs> but who I think is a very, very good actor. He's a great actor. But I have never thought he was a good enough actor being a leading role. And a movie like this proves why I like it when he's in a supporting role because he was so good in this movie being the twitchy cokehead. Um, you know, if you think of other movies, uh, An Education. An Education, he was um, really good. Uh, the Salt and Sea. I, like I don't really lot, know if he can put sea. you know put seats in chairs. That's why I don't understand why Hollywood gives him. So- I mean, I think he's a good actor, but I just prefer to see him in these types of roles. Is really my main point. Yeah, he was really good in The Killing uh, season he was. three. He was. Uh, he's a really good actor. I think honestly, what it comes down to is I, I think he doesn't. He's probably just not sexy enough to put people in seats. To be <laughs> to be honest, uh, and he's not a big enough name. Uh, but he is a very good actor and yeah. an underrated actor, and I liked him in this a lot. And I liked Rory Co- Cochran in this a lot. I like him a lot. In his this. character, probably, something about that guy, I like. I, I like him a lot, and and it may have to do with I love Days and Confused and Slater, but uh, his character probably got the most sympathy from me from in the entire movie. There's just something about Ditto. his look as well. I don't yes. know. He he, the way he can uh, react to someone, whether it's just like a smirk or maybe no no emotion at all. Uh, he's 
He's so good. And it's so strange because he was so intimidating in this movie without doing anything. Right. Yeah. And then you think of his pothead role in Days Confused, <laughs> and it's like, that's the same actor. He's yeah, a good great. actor. He really and is. what's the, um, the, uh, the scientific, the, um, show I don't know, the scientific show that's on uh abc or nbc all the nci he did he, he on the nci forever for I years as, yes. a, as a no friend he's on one of those i don't watch those shows but i know he was on one of those because i was like oh slater's on that show i'm not gonna watch it but i'm glad he got a job yeah <laughs> anyway I, I think he's a really good actor I, and i i always enjoy it when he's on screen and i wish he was in more things to be honest um, I also kind of want to do a shout out to Corey Stoll, who you kind of brought up earlier. He's the the new boss that took over Kevin Bacon's yeah. position. Um, this guy's like just him. really kind of coming up in the world. Yeah, I like he, him because he started out in uh, House of Cards, is where yeah. I think he first came on, and then now he's the he was the villain and this summer's Ant Man, yeah. and now he's kind of you know he became. But it looks like he could be like a, a typecast role where he's either uh, in a political type role. But I really like that about him. I think he's really good. He's just got one of those faces that lends himself to being like a jackass villain. Like, like I see him, I'm like, uh, he's. I mean, or, or it, it like a little bit douchey. Yeah, douchey, a douchey guy, <laughs> a villain. I mean, he wasn't a bad guy in this movie, but he did. He was kind of a. Yeah, even though he was, a, he was abrasive. Yeah, he was a. Well, in a way, but, in but a way, rightfully he re- so. He reminds me of Mark Strong in a way. He's totally always going to kind of play that kind of role, whether it's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, but he just has that. I don't know that brow of seriousness on right. his face, and I and I really like Mark Strong. Mark Strong. I'm a big fan of him as an actor. That's a good. And comparison. so I can see Corey Stoll kind of doing that in the future. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Can't well, really that... think of anything else though. Oh, the Juno Temple thing. Uh, whether it's me or Rachel, we can explain why with such a a name playing such a small small role. That okay, that Deborah Hussey character that was a big deal in the murder case against Whitey Bulger. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think they felt it was important to bring someone on to at least do it some sort of justice, that even though sense. it was very quick in the movie. That was just a big deal. That makes sense because yeah. I was like, I mean, I felt like she was kind of a big actress to play such, such a, a random... small role. But I did know it was a vital piece of this. I didn't know how big a story. I, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, yeah. uh, that it was huge. But I was like, oh, well, this is – I thought just from an audience perspective, like, well, this is where we completely shift – our allegiance from Whitey, I felt like. Like at that point we'd kinda of given him the benefit of the doubt and the people that he'd killed kinda of deserved it or they're in the game or whatever. Right. But when he kills her Yeah, it's a little This is kind of the first time you're like, Oh, well screw Whitey, he is a bad guy. So I thought maybe she was there for, for that purpose, but I didn't know that it was actually a big deal as far as his real-life case goes. Well, here's one more thing that's really, really creepy about this movie as well, because I was reading this in the trivia last night. A lot of the scenes were shot in real-life locations, including murder scenes. Oh, really? So if, really? say, for instance, the scene where she was murdered, that may or may not have been in the same house, that's which intense. to me wow. gives it a whole other like chill. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, I kind of want to watch it again. Now, see if I can see like any spirits like in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what's that? A three minute maybe? Like the the, kid yeah. in the window. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was just Ted. Just Ted dancing in the cardboard cutout. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> that is Pulp Fiction's review of Black Mass. Uh, hope you enjoyed. If you go see it, we'd love to hear your feedback. Be sure to like us on Facebook and Twitter. Now, before we uh, leave you on this episode, we're going to talk about what we've been watching this week. And uh, Rachel and I will go first because Jacob kind of has a cool uh, set of lists to share with us. Some more top fives from our listeners. 
you know, our listener, we get so much fan mail and we appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fan mail. Yeah. I'm yep, still having to get through it. It's just been so busy. It's, yeah. We're just so it's just buried under letters over here. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just pick out, we, we got a whole pile. Jake will just kind of grab a couple from the pile randomly and read those tonight. Uh, but before we get to that, Jake, uh, Rachel, what have you been watching this week? I have watched uh, all of the Nick season one now. Oh, I know. Uh, speaking of listeners, I know our, uh, MJ's an avid listener of the show, and I know that she's a huge fan of the Nick. And my girlfriend, Misty, watched it all like in three days. She loved it, too. It took I haven't me, watched it. It took me a couple weeks. Uh, but I will say it's it's a Showtime show. It is currently on HBO. It's a Cinemax show. Cinemax show, yes. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, it is currently on HBO until, I believe, October 24th. I don't know what kind of deal they worked out that HBO wants people to watch a Cinemax show, but whatever. This is like the first legit show that Cinemax has had, so th- yeah, I think they're trying to get in the game. They are trying because a little I mean, late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, no, good I mean, start. Can, yeah, I mean, Showtime has some good shows, but they're not on HBO level. I think they could rival Showtime if they was Cinemax. Like, hey, if Netflix does it, let's maybe we'll think about it. If Netflix does a whole bunch of them. Like, well, maybe we'll just wait till Amazon and Hulu come out with a couple. <laughs> Like, and they're, oh, yeah, they're all like, oh, crap. It's like, well, gee, now even PBS is doing one with uh, uh, with the, with the, the English the TV show that's, that's so popular. That's true. Downtown yeah. Abbey. Downtown yeah, Abbey. So well, I think like, Cinemax yeah. kind of always felt like, well, people are going to watch us at 3 a.m. when we're playing, you know. But now that people can just watch porn on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know like, that internet porn is killing Skinemax. <laughs> like, crap, we got to get in the, in the show-making game. Uh, All right. But go ahead. Call so, up so, Clive Owen. We got to do something, guys. <laughs> and Clive Owen's a good actor. He's actually he the, the main reason why I want to watch this show. So what? I know Misty enjoyed it a lot, and MJ does. Did Did you enjoy it? I I do enjoy it. I don't like MJ. Like you said, is kind of obsessed with it. I'm not obsessed with it. Um, but one thing that I find is difficult in shows these days is for me. A lot of writers have a hard time helping me like characters. And right off the bat, I liked a couple of these characters pretty well and was interested in them. Um, it's a medical show. It's about a um, basically a, a doctor or a surgeon that works at this hospital in New York. Uh, it's part of the early 20th century. So it's just uh, he has a drug problem, but he's a brilliant doctor. Um, they're kind of dealing with a lot of race issues. They have a black doctor there as well, and um, they're trying to help out. They're in a bad part of town. They want them to move to a different part of town with more wealthy people because they can make more money off of that. But really the draw of the show is the characters. Um, so it's worth watching for that if you're a little squeamish about surgery things. No, I, am, I know actually. you are. That's why I was like, ooh, I don't know if Brandon can oh, get so through this or not. Oh, so it can be kind not. of not graphic, but be like pretty authentic. Like, dude, I can watch Saw and like all these horror movies, but like if you like show an incision, yeah. like, oh, a like a incision. 27, oh. 127 it's hours. Not like, it's not just like super gruesome or anything like that, but these people are doing surgeries Surgery. in the early yeah. 20th century, so there's blood. There's yeah. a lot of blood. Um, I can handle a little, a little bit better movies than like the those real life TV shows. Like, oh life, yeah, so I can't do those. I mean, what about that scene in like 127 hours where he cuts the nerve? I always think of that. Oh uh, yeah, that was brutal. That was the awesome. sound hurt. Yeah, was oh, the sound was yeah. perfect. The sound, yeah, they yeah. did give it that. <laughs> um, Sorry, but overall, watch. I, I do recommend the Nick. Um, like I said, it's very character driven, and the characters are really interesting. Is and, he an antihero? Uh, or is yeah, he? A, yeah, or is he a uh, good guy? Or is he a he, bad he's guy? A, he's a good guy with bad habits. Oh, okay. 
Um, like Dexter type bad habits? Like no, 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 no. He, he's a drug addict. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so you bad. know, sometimes he's an asshole like, so like drug addicts Betty, are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like likable. Like he, he, he's got a good heart. He's really trying to help people, but he's also trying to advance his career and he's also kind of a drug addict. Or kind of like House, I guess. I never watched that show, but apparently he was. Oh, House good. Yeah. I mean, he didn't watch it either, but from what I understand of the house character, that's it's a, a safe like comparison, he was like kind I of think. A, a... Who else can we think of? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen this, so we're just going to think of people who are like this dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's on HBO. If you have access to HBO, you should watch The Nick before it gets taken off of there. Michael Caine, Cider House Rules. <laughs> <laughs> and then find some way to watch it on Cinemax. Whatever means. Patch Adams? Was he like see. Patch Adams? No, he was not at all like Patch Adams. <laughs> Not, Dang it, not I'm not even watching a little it bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Brandon, uh, what have you been watching? I've I've watched a lot of movies and I'll just kinda skim through them and uh, then hold I, on, there's... Hold on. the soundtrack for the Nick is great. Back to you. How so like just the intro music Cliff or like Martin- just throughout it it's I think his cool. name is Cliff Martinez and it's kind of a Is it like digital or like orchestra? It's like digital, cool. but it somehow fits with that show, even in its setting, and it's kind of dark, and it's kind of, I don't know. I really like it. I, it's my work playlist now. I listen to it every day. Cool. Back to Brandon. Um, I watched a few movies. I watched an, a foreign film called Phoenix that's getting a lot of buzz and getting fantastic reviews. Um, really good movie. It's a slow, slow, slow movie. It's about a, a woman who comes back, a Jewish woman who comes back she survives the concentration camps. It's at the very, very end of the war. She gets released. Um, Boring. <laughs> What's up with those concentration conversations we've been having? Concentration conversation? Concentration camp conversations. <laughs> um, she she uh, comes back and she changes her face so that, well, she got she got shot. Her face becomes kind of transformed so she's not recognized and she tries to find her husband. Her husband thinks she's dead. She ends up living with her husband. It's this whole – but he doesn't know that it's her. Why didn't she tell him? But I'm she's sure having, there's more to that. There's Don't more to it. it but it's that's... a slow movie but a very, very good movie. It's called Phoenix. The critics are loving it. I, I imagine it's probably going to get nominated for Best Foreign Film this year. Uh, the Suicide Theory, a good little indie horror flick. Uh, the Heart Machine, it's getting a little bit of buzz. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, it's about uh, an internet relationship, uh, but the guy starts to kind of suspect that he's being catfished in a sort of way. Uh, it's an interesting movie, but again, kind of slow. Uh, I watched The Perfect Guy. I watched this movie with Michael Shannon called The Harvest, which is an interesting little cool indie horror flick. But the movie I want to talk about is The Visit, because I watched it, and we were mm-hmm. going to review it here on the show uh, but we we weren't able to to get around to doing it. M Night Shyamalan, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, he's had a couple of clunkers, but I was a big big fan of the visit. And neither of you have watched it, correct? I'm glad it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. It's. I still want to see it. I just haven't had time. I saw the trailer after you said we were going to. Re- you know, I saw the trailer after we said we were going to review it, and I, and, uh, I was just thinking to myself, really. But I haven't seen it, so I really can't pass judgment. It's a found footage type of film, which those are kind of overdone now. But but in the hands of M. Night Shyamalan. Now, I would think that you would be a Shyamalan fan because regardless of what you think about you know, his, his storytelling and things like that, 
as someone who loves shots and cinematography, he, he can shoot. He he's, he he is good technically. Yeah, technically he's he's. I mean, I think he has beautiful films, and I think he sets great atmospheres. Like his his atmospheres, he always sets a certain tone to a movie, which I love. Uh, but this movie was really funny and really creepy. Like it was a good combination of horror and comedy. Uh, the the comedy stuff was genuinely funny. There's a He's got a talent, apparently, for finding kid actors because obviously everybody knows that uh, Haley Joel Osment was great in Sixth Sense. But there's a there's a boy in this who Even is really really funny as well. They were, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. They were good too. He's he's either really good at finding good kid actors or directing them or both. Uh, but there's a a child actor in this who's really funny and just really natural. Uh, and then, you know. The grandparents that these kids are visiting, some weird stuff is going on. You don't know what's going on. It's a whole mystery. There is a twist. I think the twist is really well done. Probably his best twist since Signs. Um, anyways, I just want people to see it because I feel like it's the best Shyamalan movie in quite a while. And it's getting mixed reviews. I think that has something to do with like people aren't giving him the benefit of the doubt. and they're, It's kind of fun to hate on him now. Uh, but I legitimately think this is a really good movie and a couple of standout performances. The, uh, the lady who plays the grandma, uh, is really, really good too. Of course, Catherine Hans in it. She's good. Is Nana her name? Uh, yes. Nana. Where is she She's at? right there. Oh yeah. Dina Duggan. Dunnigan. Which she looks completely different than the pictures. Yeah, she does. Uh, she was really, really good. Really creepy. I, I don't, since neither of you seen, I won't go on too much. I'll, I'll end there, but. Check it if out. you're listening, check out the visit. Jacob's not going to, but everybody else well, go check I mean, out the visit. I, I will if, I mean, if enough people talk about it, you know, and not because of it's a horror comedy, just you know, I I, be, I want to believe in M Night Shyamalan because I was a hard, I was hard at first, but I did like you know the Sixth Sense and I did like Signs outside of the ending of it, uh, and I do like the look of his films and usually he's got the right actors and he has all the right elements and right, they just all seem to fall apart. He's got something there. It's just there's always a missing link with his movies. And I really feel like with this one, because I'm a I huge I would love fan. to see a rebound. Uh, yeah, and I and I feel like that's what this was. Legitimately, not just because I'm like, you know, uh, a fan of his. Because I'll admit, the the happening was terrible. Lady in the Water, I liked okay, but it was really weird. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of The Village the most. Uh, but this was his best movie, I think, since he started off with Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. Now, I'm actually most looking forward to this. Jacob uh, has pulled a couple of names from the uh, big pile of, <laughs> of fan letters, and uh, we're going to hear a couple of our listeners' top five lists. Now, is it going to be okay if, like, let's say we you know, really disagree or think there's some dumb picks? Should we say that or should we, can, we keep that we to boo? ourselves? Can we boo these people? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's... You think they got I always want to keep in mind that it's it's, it's someone else's opinion and, and they're not here to defend themselves. <laughs> so uh, I will say this. of so these three guys, uh, they all have good taste in movies. One's a film major. One of them is a guy who's influenced me a lot, you know, throughout watching movies uh, growing up. And the other one is pretty much an engineer rocket scientist who's pretty smart. So... I don't think you'd be too upset with any of these picks. Okay. Actually, Brandon, you're going to really like Mike's. Oh, really? So, nice. uh, but I'm going to start with Phil's because Phil's, Phil's a film major, and I've known Phil for like 10 or 15 years. And, you know, since he listens to the podcast, we talk about it. And uh, we were just talking the other night, and I said, hey, well, why don't you tell me your top five? Nice. So here we go. So he's a Phil 
major. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really like his number five because of how random it is, but I know Rachel likes this movie. I know I liked it. It's Moon. Yeah. I love nice. Moon. I thought that was really That's cool. I, I really, I mean, I can tell his style of, um, I can tell his style immediately by looking at his list too, except for the, the, his number one. All right. So four. Is, Sam Rockwell got screwed there, by the way. He should have gotten nominated for that performance. Yeah. That movie was really underrated and under the radar. And if you've never seen it or heard of it, you should at least check it out. For sure. It's a good sci-fi. And it's not your average sci-fi either. Agreed. So it's worth watching. I hate sci-fi and I think that movie's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. His number four is seven. Yeah, so uh, that's David, one of my yeah. favorite movies. David I Fincher fan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now his number three. I love his number three. It's City of God. Oh, that's one of my favorite foreign films of all time. You, you haven't seen City of God? That's probably one of my top Here we go again. <laughs> Make another list, guys. But this is City of God's a very it's very worth watching. I believe it's been on Netflix for a while. I'm pretty sure it has been. I it's one of the highest ranked foreign films. It is so uh, good and it, like it came IMDb out like list. right after uh, the Matrix did and so it uses a lot of those same camera tricks with that 360 oh, nice. camera angles. And the acting's really good. And it's such a random story with a lot of children actors who are really, really too good to be in the, I mean, yeah. to, well, I don't know, to be such a successful movie. And when I say a lot of children, I mean like 50 plus wow. is nice. a lot. Yeah, with like no acting experience. It I mean, can't be. There's crazy. no way. Yeah. It's it's really good. Uh, number two. Love it. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, good yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Phil's got good, good taste. Yeah. And number one, which is so random out of all these. It's still a good movie. It's Forrest Ernest Gump. Ernest Goes to Camp. No, oh. Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's a great job. I mean, like, uh, like it's definitely it. so much more lighthearted. Oh, the other yeah. ones were yeah. so kind of deep dark and serious. But it's dark. a great serious, movie. And then you follow up with Forrest Gump, which everyone loves Forrest Gump for you know, the most part. You know, there's, there's this kind of like like low-key backlash against Forrest Gump. which is I think there? is Oh, it's the dumbest thing. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Any movie that's... All right, here's the yes, deal. It's, it's a little it's a little sentimental. It's a little, you know, some people would say I guess cheesy or contrived or whatever, emotionally manipulative. Like I'm saying these are some of the complaints against it. Right. But it's it's bullcrap. It's a 10 out of 10 movie. It and and there is some backlash because it was the same year that uh Pulp Fiction uh, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction and uh, uh Shawshank came out and Forrest Gump won Best Picture. It's a heavy-hitting year. Oh, yeah, 1994 was a huge year. Anyways, it's that's a great, great pick. I love Forrest Gump. I'm just yeah. saying there is some sort of backlash, I guess. I've heard that as well. Yeah. I, I've heard a couple people say it's overrated. Well, even like long. This is the End, remember? Like, this they, is maybe the they, end, they should have cut out the running scene. It's like, you know what? I like it just how it is. It has great music, great actors, fun characters, lovable characters, yep. memorable moments. I mean... It was, a, it was just a great movie. Sometimes people just want to hate to hate. I think that's true. It's like a hipster thing. That's what Taylor Swift big, says. big, successful things. <laughs> I think that's true. Okay, uh, so, Bravo, Phil, by the way. Good list. Yeah, good yeah, list. Well Phil. done. <laughs> uh, the next is Mike, he, and, and he's, the, he's the engineer slash physicist. Um, his number five, I've never seen it. It's City by the Sea. And that's starring Robert De Niro. Yeah, what an um, odd pick. Uh, I thought it was pretty random. But as I well, love I but... love unique picks. I love unique mm-hmm. picks. I liked City by the Sea. I like I would have You've seen never it? Oh yeah, I've okay. seen it. I've I'm actually curious what I gave it now. I have to look if it up. If you've never heard of City it. by the Sea, which I have, and I'll just read it read it real quick. It's Vincent Lamarca, whose father was executed by a nineteen fifties kidnapping of a child for a nineteen fifties kidnapping of a child, grew up to become a police officer. Only to see his own son become a murderer. So interesting. It's got Robert De Niro and Francis McDormand. I remember it, and James Franco. I remember it, but I never saw it. I gave it an eight. So I mean, I liked it quite a bit. Cool. For an eight's a good. Uh, now his next Ford, uh, we all will like. 
Okay, number four, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, uh, Mike. Yes, <laughs> high five. Yes, yeah. I am giving you an, an internet high five yeah. right now. And this is the same Mike that has been doing a pretty good job of you know, posting all over uh, our Facebook oh, page yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. giving shout-outs to other people who just promoting our podcast just because he likes it so much. Yeah, right? thank nice. you for really the support, cool. man. Uh, that's one of my all-time, all-time, all-time favorite movies as well. I'm a huge, huge Pacino fan. Yeah. And that's that to be, me, that's one of the all-time great performances. It'd be in my top ten. Yeah. Uh, his number three, Goodfellas. Nice. Uh, great movie. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you think watch it. Uh, and Since you're not here, since no one else is here except for the three of us, I'm going to say that again. Since no one else is here, I brought over Goodfellas for Rachel to watch tonight. So <laughs> okay, here's whenever. the deal. I did try to watch Goodfellas this week, and I really wanted to watch it, and I was really interested in it, but this week sucked, and I fell asleep. So I'm really glad that you brought it over. You have my word that I'll watch it as soon as I feel like I can make it through without falling asleep because I need to give it its proper respect. Well, cool. I love cool. so far that Mike's gone De Niro, Pacino, De Niro. I'm hoping for another yeah. Pacino now. Well, number two is Godfather 1. Yes! <laughs> Mike! Ooh. Dude, you But what's me... better than Godfather 1? Uh, yeah, what can well, he possibly have? guess what his number have? one is. Godfather 2? Godfather 2. Oh, oh, dude. Mike, and I love you Godfather BFFs. Two. Seriously, me and Mike are going to like, we're going to hang out. Yeah. I don't know who you are, uh, but you obviously have better taste in movies. Mike's a cool dude, man. He's, he's really well written. He, 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 um, written? He, read. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to do two things at once. He's really well read, and, and he's got good taste in a lot of books and movies. Obviously. Clearly. Yeah. Man, th- I mean, seriously, those are... Hey, so far your friends are really smart. No pressure, third guy. I know, right? So why do you think I'm trying to keep up? I'm just the funny guy half the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so the, the third guy uh, is my longtime best friend, Josh. Josh I love Mike's intro- list. Let's talk about Mike's <laughs> list some more. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> um, well, I think you're going to like Josh's too. Uh, Josh uh, is a writer. Well, he used to be a writer, and he doesn't do that anymore. But he he did he suck? He's the kind of guy that when you go to his house, <laughs> he just has books, uh, stacks of books, and shelves of books. You know, and this is the guy that introduced me to, to movies, basically, or how to how to find good quality in movies and things like that. Um, and he's got pretty unique tastes on a lot of things. And he's also can be real. Hey, I love you, buddy, but he can be real pessimistic about things, and find a way to just turn it and be like, hey, man, that's overrated. He he's the one who said. Um, Straight Outta Compton was kind of a major TV movie and okay. I get his angle I totally respect that so he's got good taste um, he has a good way to spend things as well anyway his number five is The Third Man it's the Orson oh, Welles yeah. Orson yeah. Welles came out in 1949 now I've never seen it I've seen it uh, what do you know about it it's a good movie I watched it uh, three or four years ago for the first time I mean it's it's a film that like you know all the all the big film elitists uh, like myself it's kind of like you have to watch it if if you haven't watched the third man then it's kind of like shame well, i guess you. i'll tag it here yeah to you, put you, it you on need my to list. watch it, it it's <laughs> it's a really good movie it's it's kind of a uh it's kind of a noir movie mm-hmm. it's kind of a i, like I mean noir. it's a mystery thriller have you uh, seen it rach i have not okay we'll, we'll add it to your but list it, too. Yeah, okay Golly, we're going to be watching movies for like two years. <laughs> I'm just going to quit all my jobs and just watch all these movies. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's it's a little, you know, the problem with sometimes watching older films um, like The Third Man, like it may not seem... You have to remember, you know, at the time, a lot of these were doing things for the first time. What we come to expect now as film goers, we're kind of become conditioned. We We kind of know what to expect. But, you know, at the time... You know, people didn't know, you know. Right. Blah. 
You know I got what I'm you. saying? I, yeah. I, I hear you, man. Um, okay, so this is number four. Um, personal favorite of mine, it's Miller's Crossing. Ah, um, Coen Brothers. A, yeah. If you haven't seen it, no. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, Have you not seen it? The score. No, but I've to heard it it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's yeah. like a, like a real pretty clarinet or oboe. Um, it's real simple the way it's shot. It's also a film noir style. Yeah. And um, oh gosh, what's the main character's name? He's so good in it. Uh, it's been so long since I've seen Miller's Crossing. Oh, he's also in Usual Suspects. Um, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, Gabriel Byrne. Um, he he's he's hilarious, and it's also it's just typical Coen Brothers. You have serious moments with all this humor, and there's yeah. a lot of humor in Miller's Crossing. There is. Uh, really great caricatures. Good movie. Number three, Rushmore. Uh, he is a diehard Rushmore fan. In fact, he knows how much I like uh, Royal Tenenbaums, and so and he loves it too. He and I went and saw that movie at midnight. I mean, that's the kind of oh, guy nice. Josh is. We always go see that's movies awesome. at midnight. Yeah. Um, but he's always an advocate for Rushmore. I always just make fun of it just to piss him off. But <laughs> I, I, I do recognize it's good too. Uh, number two, Boogie Nights. He's a big uh, PT Anderson fan. Yep, me In fact, too. another another director that he and I will just go watch the midnight movies or yeah. the yep. first opening weekend. Um, yeah, how do you not like Boogie Nights? Yeah, Boogie Nights is a top 25 all-time yeah. movie for yeah. me. And his number one, I mean, what a sellout, Godfather. You yes. guys and your Godfather yeah. movies. Yeah, well, because, <laughs> because they're, it's they're, the best. Because it's, I mean, it's, it really is like, okay, if, for those who don't know, we did our own top fives, and the Godfather trilogy was my number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's just the perfect. It's a perfect movie. Both it's a, it's one and movie. both one and two are to me just perfect movies. Yep. Uh, great list. Yeah. All f- I thought all three of those are really good lists, and I got all three of those lists last week. Um, so I I just really was kind of looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, I love those. Plus, I didn't watch a lot of movies this week. Uh, you two know this. I was at the Seattle Green Bay game on Sunday night. At Lambeau Field, which was a blast, so I haven't had time to really do that between traveling, school, and work. That would have been a great game to go to. It was a lot of fun. I bought a cheese head and wore it the entire I time. I saw it. I yeah. saw it. Awesome. Awesome. Like I, I was hoping you were going to wear awesome. it over here tonight. No. He's got the Green Bay shirt on, though. <laughs> yes. I am rocking the Green Bay shirt. It was on, they, they just barely pulled it out, though. Yeah, it was, good. It was a good yeah. game. That's it for me. That is Pulp Fliction. Thank you for listening to the Black Mass episode. Be sure to listen to our top five episode. We are going to count down our top five favorite movies of all time that have a color in the title in honor of Black Mass. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction.